the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Good to be back on the broadcast. Hope you are well. I want to jump right in and talk about something very important. And actually, I want to praise some leaders in this country who have helped to bring this very important issue to the forefront in this country. You see, there are certain things. You know, it's really odd. Our country is a paradox. As a former local news person, I've been quite frustrated watching how many times we've seen stories that I think should be local stories remaining as local news stories. But they become national. Why does this happen? Well, it happens because there's this thing called a news hole that has to be filled. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You've heard me talk about this. I mean, it's, you know, and I get the lifestyle change in the fact that there are people who are getting up earlier and earlier. But really, starting news at 4.30 in the morning? Why am I bringing this up? Because we're a paradox. Here's the paradox. A lot of local news stories need to remain local news stories. But there are a number of local stories that are really not local stories. They are national in their reach. And frankly, they need to be blown up. So that people will be aware of what's really happening to the country. Case in point. El Paso, Texas. By now, you're familiar with the fact that that community has been devastated by the impact of illegal immigration. Because this has been confined, essentially, to one part of the country. Well, a good part of the country, people just have the mindset, hey, we're not in a border area, why should we care? Such was the case with the illegal immigration issue. Didn't seem to matter much to many people, many political leaders throughout the country who saw themselves as being far removed from the border. That's a problem for people down there. Well, then you bring in the governors of Florida and Texas and their controversial controversial plan to transport people from their communities into other areas like New York City, Martha's Vineyard. Ooh, and all of a sudden, you've got political leaders in these communities taking notice. You remember the whole Martha's Vineyard thing? It was just overwhelming. They couldn't handle it. Really? One of the richest areas of the country, they can't afford it? How about the poor areas of the country where they're struggling? So people have recognized this is not just a local issue for El Paso or other areas and border communities. This is an issue for the whole country. Case in point, the mayor of New York, according to Reuters, traveled to the Mexican border of El Paso. He did this Sunday. And this is quite a declaration for a liberal Democrat. Here's what he said. 
There's no room in New York for busloads of migrants being sent to America's most populous city. Eric Adams, who is a Democrat, also critical of the administration of Democratic U.S. President Joe Biden, saying now's the time for the national government to do its job about the immigrant crisis at America's southern border. Wow. Isn't this what we radical right-wing extremists have been saying for some time? I use that language because this is how this issue has been portrayed by the mainstream news media. As if people are being identified as unwelcome just because of the color of their skin and other stupid nonsense. When you know full well what this is about. You cannot have what amounts to an invasion of the country. Allow that to continue unchecked. Busloads of migrants have been shipped north to New York and other cities by Republican-run states. This has exacerbated a housing crisis in New York and a worsening homeless crisis in the city. Adams' trip to El Paso comes as he said the migrant influx into New York, into New York could cost the city as much as $2 billion dollars at a time when the city's already facing a major budget shortfall can i remind you again folks how long have we been talking about this issue years how much has the federal government responded they haven't so your own community be damned they will continue to keep this country's border open to allow people to just flood in and the cost that's your problem in recent months republican governors of florida and texas have sent thousands of migrants seeking sanctuary in the u.s to cities run by democratic politicians including new york chicago and washington dc this is brilliant strategy it is not only Putting the burden on these places run by Democrats where people have virtue signaled for years how we need to be welcoming for immigrants. Okay, you want to be welcoming? You pay for it. And some people would say, Vince, I can't believe you, a Christian, would say such a thing. I can say this such a thing with a good conscience. Because I go back to the story. Of the Good Samaritan. What did the Good Samaritan do? He paid for the care of the man he found on the street out of his own freaking pocket. There was no government involvement there, ladies and gentlemen. So, whenever people talk about the Good Samaritan and government, that's the point where you shut down the conversation and say, you are talking about two different things, unrelated. Now, if you want to open up your home, one of your McMansions, and you want to allow migrants to live in your house, praise God. You want to do that out of your own pocketbook? Wonderful. And I'm so glad these Republican governors have made this a national issue. It's time for people like Eric Adams to take notice. It's time for the mayor of Chicago to take notice. It's time for this whole party.
to come to an awakening on this issue and for people across the country to recognize, well, wait a second here. How are we going to pay for this? Duh. A conversation that is long overdue. And I'm glad. It appears to finally be happening. Love to get your thoughts on this and where this goes from here. Because I'm going to tell you again, this is going to be absolutely awesome. Because I think there's a real opportunity here for Republicans who address this issue with good hearts, with good attitudes. This is a winning issue if it is engaged in the right way. What do you think? Welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Where do we begin? How about right here? Amen, Vince. You preach it to us. Always love your show. Timmy D. out of Boiling Springs, South Carolina. So the Democrats are getting the illegals in their states and having them to become citizens through their policies. So they're going to have more Democratic votes. Sounds like they have a plan. Yeah. (laughs) What else do we have here? You've got to admit, it's ironic to have lifelong Democrats like Mayor Adams from New York City complaining about the results of their own policies. As if somehow they're as shocked as a deer in headlights. To all the rest of us out here, these results were a foregone conclusion, pretty much. Also, Jim out of Easley. Vince, the gas jumped 35 cents a gallon in North Carolina like it did here in the Greenville area last night. Really? That's kind of crazy. There's so much volatility out there. You know, I think we mentioned this. Someone texted last week about the same issue, just noticing the changes in prices. Just kind of volatile environment all the way around. And we pretty much have to be prepared for anything and everything. That's how it works right now. I want to talk about classified documents. As you know, we learned over the weekend... There have been five additional documents found under the custody of one President Joe Biden on his property. And one of the things I find really interesting, we've talked about this a little last week already, but it is intriguing to watch the Democrats very eager to throw Joe Biden under the bus. I wonder if this is the opportunity many of them have been looking for to push him aside. I don't know, for somebody like Gavin Newsom, maybe? And it's not just Democrat politicians. It's their representatives. It's their propaganda agents in the mainstream news media. Case in point, Don Lemon. Oh, my goodness. You want to look at him and say, okay, Don Lemon, or whoever you are, what did you do with Don? Where did you put him? I want you to hear a couple of pieces of audio. This is from a program that occurred yesterday, 
CNN This Morning, the show that he has been assigned to now. They had the conversation about the discovery of the five new pages over the weekend and the overall discussion and how this entire matter has been handled by the appointment of special prosecutors, that sort of thing. So the conversation Don Lemon conducted was with Representative Mike Lawler, who is a Republican from New York. And we have a couple of clips here. The first one is a comment where he's pretty much saying the obvious, taking the position where I think just about everybody is, about the idea of anybody, no matter who the president is, having classified documents. Here's Lawler. As you say, I think most people at home say both guys have documents that they shouldn't have, even though one, as of now, has hundreds more. You don't think the difference in Biden seeming to cooperate and the lawyers turning it over and Trump not cooperating for months and having to have a warrant and what have you, you don't think that that makes a difference to folks at home? I think it's a distinction without a difference. The bottom line I, I can't here, disagree with you on the, that. the bottom line here to me is either the documents should not have been taken or they sh- or, or there's no issue with it. And so there needs to be consistency when we talk about these issues. And, uh, you know, frankly, I think the fact that we didn't find out about this until two months after the fact, uh, including after the election, uh, when the White House was using the raid on Mar-a-Lago as evidence as to why Republicans should not be in control, uh, speaks volumes here. And, and I think uh, it was the right thing to appoint a special prosecutor uh, in the case of President Biden, uh, as was done with President Trump. Uh, and and we'll have to see what comes of it. If you're explaining, you're losing. Yes. They're trying to explain the difference. And we know there is a difference. But as we say to most folks at home, this guy did wrong. This guy did wrong. So but, but right, you, it's a pox on all houses. Congressman. All houses. Can you believe Don Lemon's agreeing with this? Distinction without a difference. This is very significant. And then in the course of the conversation... Congressman Lawler states the obvious, a position on how classified documents need to be handled. Listen up. Well, I think obviously when you look at the former president and the current president, uh, the bottom line is, is this. Classified documents should not be in anybody's home. They shouldn't be leaving the White House. They should be returned uh, back to the National Archives, etc. And I think uh, you need to have consistency on this. And so if there was a special prosecutor appointed in the case of the former president, then there needed to be a special prosecutor appointed here uh, to investigate this. And it's not enough to just say, oh, the intent wasn't there. Well, how do we know what the intent was? You know, and the fact that you have classified documents on Iran, on Ukraine, sitting next to a Corvette. Yeah, that's that's a bit of an issue. And, and I think uh, the current president should not be so flip about it, especially uh, given his comments when Mar-a-Lago was raided uh, and, you know, his comments suggesting, well, I can't imagine how this could possibly happen. How could anybody be so careless? Well, uh, that begs the question here. It certainly does. This is all pretty straightforward stuff. Straightforward. And what I find, it, it, do you see the theme and what I've started talking about today? whether it's the immigration issue or this. If you were to poll Americans on both of these issues, I think a majority of Americans would agree 
on how to deal with these. There may be some slight variations, but overall, I think you will find uniformity. I think people will look at Biden and Trump. You know, and we've already seen polls indicating that nobody wants to see, let me rephrase that. There aren't a lot of people out there who want to see a repeat of 2024 in 20, of 2020 in 2024. They don't. They're really done with both of these guys. I think there's a great deal of consensus there that there's a problem. There's a problem in what Trump did. There's a problem with what Biden did. And I think what fairness demands is you deal with them the same way. The same way. Now, time will tell whether that happens in the future. Yes, there have been differences. Nothing of Joe Biden's has been raided yet. And I don't expect that to happen either. Stay with us. On the Vince Coakley Radio Program, a little bit later on, in Transformation Tuesday, going to do several things. A really great, awesome post, my good friend, Dr. Steve Crosby, also. Going to tell you about my weekend. Had the opportunity to go to Nashville this weekend. Um, always wonderful to catch up with my son, who I'm going to have on this program very soon. I, I just continue to be impressed by what's happening to him, his thinking his understanding and I just had a delightful time with my son and daughter-in-law over the weekend I went mainly to take part in a very important event it's a movie that's going to be coming your way very soon I got to see a preview of this movie a pre-screening of this movie with a very intimate group of people in Nashville. I'm going to tell you about it coming up in the next hour. So, stay tuned for that. Over on the text line about the document story, and we have more to share about that. Democrats are trying to get rid of Biden. So if they charge him with a crime, they can charge Trump as well. Then he can't run in 2024. Vince, I have the solution. Settle with Trump and Biden. Neither runs for president. Neither gets prosecuted. Save billions in investigations. Younger candidates for president. <laughs> also, this from the upstate. Well, they're going after Biden. By April Fool's, he will resign. Boy, that would be uh, quite a tall order. Someone had access to Joe's Corvette. Joe does not clean it himself. Someone was keeping it clean for him. And this person, of course, suggesting that means close proximity to classified documents. So crazy. And this person saying, but they shouldn't be treated the same because they are not. Trump had the power to declassify said documents. The vice president committed a felony by having said documents. Ooh, that is a difference there. 
just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. So you heard the congressman and Don Lemon pretty much throwing Joe Biden under the bus, not embracing at all the propaganda that you're hearing out of the mainstream news media. Not at all. By the way, if you'd like to join the conversation, the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800-938-1110, 800-938-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Let's go out to Aberdeen and a call from Tony. Good morning, Tony, and welcome. Yeah, how you doing, Vince? Thanks for uh, receiving my call. Yeah, I think they should throw uh, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I don't think they should be able to run for president any longer, anymore. Yeah, you know, don't you find it interesting the unity of beliefs on this? That there's not a lot of controversy, is there? As far as uh, no, because one one thing that that American people are tired of is the, is the partisan bickering. You know what I mean? We want things. I put it like this: this new Congress that uh, was just uh, you know voted in and everything. The new Congress is forgetting. They're saying that their agenda is more investigation. We're tired of investigation. We want progress in this country. We need jobs. We need economic security. We need uh, 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 um, military security. We, you know, we, we need things in this country. We need infrastructure. We're tired of investigations after investigations. Cut it out, please. Hey, I'll tell you what. There are a lot of people who agree with you, and I hope Republicans are listening to this, Tony. I very much appreciate your call. Because, you know, and I said this before, you know, before we even got to this point that I hope, you know, and I'm not saying all these investigations are unnecessary, but I'm saying if this is all they do, this is not going to be good. Well, we learned something else interesting from Breitbart over the weekend, reporting on journalism done by the New York Post. Hunter listed $49,910 monthly rent payments. Who in the world pays that much for rent? Well, get a load of this. That says rent while living at Joe Biden's residence. Would you charge your child that much rent? I'm just curious. Hunter Biden recorded monthly rent payments of $49,910 while living at President Joe Biden's residence according to a document unearthed by the New York Post's Miranda Devine. On a document titled Background Screening Request, it appears Hunter paid $49,910 in monthly rent for one year while living at Joe Biden's Delaware residence, where the president kept classified documents alongside his Corvette in the garage. Hunter listed his rental tenancy from March 2017 to February 2018. The document signed July 2018. In 2017, Joe Biden left the White House and stored a large number of classified documents inside his Delaware garage at two other locations. The first batch of documents found are alleged to contain information pertaining to Ukraine and Iran. The document also shows Hunter checked a box on the form claiming to own Joe Biden's home. (laughs) It's not known why Hunter would have paid rent if he owned the house. So which is it? Does he own the house or is he renting? It should be noted, are you ready for this, folks? 
I'd love to hear how this discrepancy is going to be resolved. It should be noted, Joe Biden's 2017 tax return on Schedule E only listed $19,800 in rents received. In 2018, Biden listed no rents. A little bit of a tax issue there, wouldn't you say? A Wasco PC, Hunter's Law Firm, is also listed on the document as an entity Hunter owned in 2018. Oversight Committee Chair James Comer of Kentucky believes many of Hunter's suspicious wire transfers flagged by U.S. banks involve a Wasco PC. Comer is investigating the Biden family business for wire fraud and has requested Hunter's personal wealth manager turn over suspicious bank records connected to the Biden family business schemes. For years, wire transfers have been the tool of choice for money launderers. To mitigate the risk to the financial institutions, suspicious wire transfers over $10,000 are flagged for review. Wire transactions involving more than 10000 are also to be reported to the IRS. Moreover, international wire payments, like those to James and Hunter Biden, are monitored by the Office of Foreign Assets Control to ensure the money is not a part of corrupt business schemes. <laughs> Boy, this gets more intriguing by the day, doesn't it? I'm sure not surprising in the least to any of you. Stay with us. Quite amusing to see some of the items on the text line, which we'll get to in a moment. I told you about what the chairman of the Oversight Committee would like to do in terms of investigating these money transfers. I told you about the monitoring that takes place of these transfers. Hunter Biden revealed in a 2019 text message to his daughter, the family has an arrangement where Joe Biden collects half his son's salary. Here's what he described in text to his daughter. I hope you can all do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop referring to Joe, I won't make you give me half your salary. According to former Utah U.S. Attorney Brett Tolman, the Biden family's payment mechanism may reveal the core of an entrenched business enterprise which could involve legal predicates for racketeering charges. I think if this is ever investigated for what it is, it's quite possible that our president deserves to be in prison. What do you think? Giving half his salary? Do you think this is reported to the IRS? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Let us see. <laughs> this texture in the upstate has an interesting idea. Well, there were a couple of interesting ones. Beginning with this. I think Obama planted these docs in preparation for his wife to run in 2024. 
We also have this. How is it throwing him under the bus? What is the truth? Maybe if the Republicans speak the truth, too, we can get somewhere. In reference to our caller, Tony, a few minutes ago, does that caller not recall how great it was under Donald Trump? It was the Democrats who couldn't stand it. We need Donald Trump back in office. Uh, this texter really sums it up. Rent equals money laundering. Absolutely. Another person have to give the big guy his 10% somehow did it in rent. This person saying, I would charge that much if Hunter was my son. LOL. <laughs> if they do nothing, the new norm will be the vice president will be allowed to do whatever they want with classified documents. Do we want Kamala walking around with classified documents? Boy, that's scary. On the form, Hunter listed he owned the house. Why do you pay rent on something you own? Good question. Vince, I actually feel sorry for Joe Biden. He obviously does what he's told and does not appear to have much mental capacity anymore. I hold his wife responsible. Perhaps she should be investigated. You know, that's a very good question. Where is she in all of this stuff? Does she have any knowledge what's happening? Money laundering to the big guy, this texture says. Hunter, Joe Rental is a money laundering arrangement. Kool-Aid drinkers following the media. Trump didn't break the law. Biden is a felon. As far as the documents are concerned, the media wants everyone to think the cases are one and the same and claim both shouldn't run in 2024, which is misinformation and election fraud. What's well, not election fraud? Not necessarily misinformation. I've said before, I think for other reasons, Donald Trump should not run. Has nothing to do with this, this stuff. I held that view before. Run. Rent equals money laundering, art sales equals influence Biden equals corruption. Yeah, all of the above. Venture last caller, Tony's correct. We need jobs. We need low inflation. We need a strong military. That's why we need Donald Trump. Investigators need to be done to hold both parties accountable. Good luck with that. I'm tired of the pointless investigations against Donald Trump and Republicans. It's time for much-needed investigations against the Biden crime family and other Democrats. Tony's tired of phony Democrat investigations of people who have done nothing wrong. This person's saying, I'm willing to bet there's a whole lot of tax violations going on with the Biden's filings. You think? I wonder if all this rent Hunter paid to his dad, Joe Magoo, <laughs> his money that was laundered in deals with China and Ukraine, you know? Having to pay the big man. Three words to describe this are as follows, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. That's pretty good, Jeff. If I had a reprobate child like Hunter Biden, I wouldn't let him live under my roof until he'd conquered his addictions. They love their drugs more than family. It's pretty unfortunate. That is definitely true. Doesn't possession of property that's not legally obtained constitute a criminal offense? I think the issues of Biden documents and Trump documents, they're distinct issues. Isn't it funny how all this comes out conveniently? Now, something smells fishy in Denmark. Some of your listeners need to go back to civics class. Investigation, oversight, and civil discourse on national issues and the national budget, they are the purview of Congress. It's better to debate that brawl on the street. 
debate this than brawl on the street. If they like parties disagreeing, tell them to move to China if they don't like it. Well, there you go. Straight ahead, we've got Transformation Tuesday and uh, tell you about a very important movie coming out this spring. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley Radio program. I'm number two of our broadcast. Time for Transformation Tuesday. And we do have a little more Biden content. This kind of relates to 2024 and the posturing that is taking place. And we're seeing the same strategy out of Joe Biden, which is pandering. Pandering to black Americans. I had a conversation. I, I have to tell you, I have been so encouraged lately. I can't completely describe the circumstance of where I was, the conversation, that sort of thing. But I, I've, I've got to tell you, I have met some people who have frankly surprised me. I'll be honest with you, black women. I was around a conversation, and, and I've heard a number of these conversations. They are getting it. They were talking just the other night about getting rid of Bond. One of them was reading the list of crimes that no longer will prompt arrest. They were alarmed. This is beginning to resonate in the black community. It's bubbling up. My hope is that Joe Biden and morons like him are going to find a less friendly environment among black Americans. As black Americans wake up to the reality of the political plantation many of them have been on for years and realized people like Joe Biden do not have their best interests at heart. They don't. I had one woman. She agreed with me. I made the comment about I do not want to be viewed as a victim. And if anybody approaches me with that paradigm, I'm not interested in engaging and relating with that person. I can't because that person does not see me as an individual worthy of being engaged as a sovereign human being on their level. I'm a victim to be pandered to and to feel sorry for. No, thank you. Take that somewhere else. Anyway, but I digress. Can I get to Transformation Tuesday and sharing about my weekend? First, I want to share from Lori. I used to work with Lori. She posted this on social media, I believe, this morning. God sent an angel. Driving through Charlotte to a doctor appointment this morning, I got sick. I had to pull over. A passerby saw I was in distress and pulled over. She asked if she could help. I explained, I have cancer. And this happens sometimes. She asked if she could pray for me because God told her to stop and help me. I never turned down prayers. She prayed and we went our separate ways. It's nice to know that God shows up when you need him. Is that not a wonderful story? I've not talked to Lori in years. 
fact, it's a reminder I really want to reach out to her because I remember working with her, wonderful person. Hate to see her going through what she is dealing with now. Transformation Tuesday also... This post from Steve Crosby on Christian celebrityism. Boy, this one packs a punch. I knew someone once who gave up her whole life to take care of her disabled mother for years. Feeding her, changing her diaper, and more. Her family despised her because of her faith and gave her no support of any kind. Emotional, spiritual, financial, none. She never married. She gave her life to care for her mother. She was quiet, unassuming, no prominence in the church. She radiated love and joy. She died very young of cancer, with no bitterness or accusation in her until her last breath. Oh, my goodness. And you have never heard of her. You ready for the contrast? (laughs) You know it's coming with Steve. Yet if a movie star or sports star gives their heart to Jesus, he puts that in quotes, it's all over the Christian media. They get invitations to speak on a national platform about the deep things they've learned about life in the last three months. You can get the sarcasm here. My friend would have more reality and a thimble of her life to speak about. But when celebrity and success are our deity, people like her will never have a voice. That's just normal human religion. It is to be expected. I refuse to allow the media, especially, quote, Christian media, to shape my values and thinking. Many believers wail about being manipulated by the media while they swim in an ocean of their own flavor of manipulation. Ooh, that hurts. That's normal human religion. It is to be expected. How we love our heroes, representing our brand, leading us to success. Oh, gosh. If you're looking to find the authentic Jesus, you need to look among the animals and manure in Bethlehem or naked and dying at Calvary. You will not find him under the glittering lights of Western Christian celebrity culture. I have to tell you, just reading that, it's I feel... Just chill down a chill down my spine. I so connect with this. I don't need to go into all the details about this. I had been wrestling with some issues no it was yesterday or the day before. I was just discouraged about something. You know who I reached out to? A friend of mine whose wife is dying from cancer. It's really interesting to me. This is a friend I met in college. And he spent some time in pastoral ministry. But we've reconnected the last year. And I think one of the major reasons for that is we just have real interaction. It's raw. And I so appreciate that. Not the artificial religiosity. Oh, God bless you, brother stuff. 
I mean, you really get down to the nitty-gritty of what's going on. How many of you need this and want this? And whether you're a believer or not, you want what's real. You're not looking for artificial or some platitudes. I'm so beyond platitudes right now. And I walked away from that conversation with a new sense of not only encouragement, but boldness. It's like, okay, this is the reality check I needed. Encouragement and challenge. Now this ties in with Steve's post. We've got to get away from this celebrity stuff. We have bought into some of the same value systems as the world. And it shows. Really shows. Still to come, going to tell you about my weekend. Went to Nashville and had an awesome time there with my son and daughter-in-law. And I'll tell you the movie preview that we went to. Because it's a movie you will want to check out this spring. We'll talk about that much more as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. Vince Coakley radio program. I want to tell you a little bit about my weekend because um, I had an extraordinary weekend. My son and daughter-in-law moved to Nashville from Charlotte a couple of years ago. And my daughter is about to move there as well. Pretty extraordinary. I've been watching a really interesting transformation with my son. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I, I didn't go out of my way to indoctrinate or even attempt to indoctrinate him. But the discoveries he's making, they're extraordinary. He's figuring this stuff out. By, by this, I'm referring to politically, socially, social media. Uh, he's figuring this stuff out. And... I'm serious. I'm going to have him on this broadcast very soon because you need to hear what's going on in the mind of a 26-year-old who is recognizing the badness that is developing among people his age. And he's very troubled to watch. He and his wife. So we had extraordinary conversations really from beginning to end. <laughs> from the time I arrived, I think it was Saturday when I went, came back on Sunday. The occasion, by the way, my good friend Steve Dace reached out to me some weeks ago about a movie he's done. I don't know if any of you have read his book, Nefarious. It is a book that's been out several years, but he decided to do a movie on this. And... Steve reached out and said, hey, we're going to do a screening of this movie. And I'd love for you to come and watch in Nashville. So I thought, well, that's perfect. You know, 
great opportunity and also be able to invite my son and daughter-in-law. So they came along. This movie was extraordinary. Well done. I loved it. I don't want to give too much away about it. If you like uh, screw tape letters, you're going to like this particular movie. It's really well done. And I've not had the opportunity yet, but I will be telling Steve this. One of the reasons I love this movie, Chris, you know, Steve is a Christian, unashamedly Christian. But I love it for the fact that it is not overtly Christian. This may sound crazy, but I love the way it's done. It's not preachy. It's not sugary. It's not cheesy. Because I'm going to tell you a lot of the Christian fare that I've seen in terms of movies, it's too neat and it's too clean and everything is resolved at the end. And life just isn't that way. So I'm not giving anything away about the movie other than encouraging you to be on the lookout for it this spring. It will be released, I believe, in March. And when it is um, around that time, I'll be certain to have Steve Dace back on this broadcast to talk about the movie, to talk about what has gone into making this happen. It's pretty amazing. The storyline, it follows a convicted serial killer who's on the day he's slated for execution, he's a guy who's claiming to be a demon, and he's undergoing a psychiatric evaluation to determine if he's mentally fit to receive a sentence. The star of this is Sean Patrick Flannery, and he puts on a brilliant performance in this role. It is just incredible. So I strongly encourage you to be on the lookout for this this spring. As I mentioned, I'm going to tell you more about it later on. And I'm hoping that this is going to get a wide theatrical release. They are working hard on this thing. And it's just a matter of time before we see the trailers circulating and the movie soon to follow. So nefarious. Be on the lookout for it. Uh, coming out this spring. A quick comical story to share with you before we talk about 2024. One of the things that really cracked up to me, cracked me up, was going through TSA pre-check on the way back. I believe this was Sunday morning. I have a practice. What I always do is, you know, in preparation for going through the security line, make sure everything's out of my pocket. I want to make sure I'm ready to go. When I get up to security line, one of the worst things is, you know, reaching through and trying to find this and that. You know, I make sure I take my my ID out. I put it in my left pocket and make sure everything else is emptied out and ready to go. So I get to TSA pre-check and the examiner calls me up and he said, I'm sorry, but we do not accept your insurance here. <laughs> I went I was ready to panic because I thought I'd given him my insurance card instead of my ID. Turns out I had given him my insurance card and ID. They were stuck together. But it was one of the one of the things I loved about the moment is this guy had a sense of humor. You ever met some of these folks, you know, whether they're checkout people or TSA people or whatever, who just don't have a good sense of humor. They're dour, 
and nasty. And this was about, what, five, six in the morning. And it was so cool. This guy made a joke about it. It's like, we don't accept your insurance. It's like, we're just kidding. Your idea is here, too. So I was so relieved <laughs> when I found out they were together. Nonetheless, great time in Nashville. And I look forward to when this movie is released, uh, hearing what you think about this. Because I think it will be a very, very uh, impactful movie when it is released. So, let's talk a little bit about 2024. What was it that revived Joe Biden's presidential campaign in 2020? When it looked like he was on the ropes, what was South Carolina? What was special about South Carolina? What was black voters? That's what he is going to need to solidify black voters if he wants to make sure he is in position not only to win the nomination, but to go on to become president again in 2024. So, in his celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, he is at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Do you know who that pastor is, by the way? It's Senator Raphael Warnock. Yeah. <laughs> How times have changed. I want to play for you the audio from Joe Biden. Now, this is a guy who panders better than anybody. I mean, he's up there. I want you to hear what he has to say about his experience with church growing up. Listen up. And let's lay one thing to rest. I may be a practicing Catholic. I used to go to 730 Mass every morning in high school and then in college before I went to the black church. Not a joke. Andy knows this. So he claimed not only do it, did he go to his Catholic Mass every morning, which I also doubt, he then went to the black church. We're going to talk more about the... Uh, questionable nature of this story as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. So before the break, I was sharing with you the pandering that Joe Biden's doing in advance of 2024. That's what this is all about. This guy doesn't give a rat's ass about black people. I mean, let's just be honest about it. This is all about pandering over on the text line. This person asked the question. Just curious, Vince. When's the last time you attended an all-black church? Just asking. Actually, it was back in May. I think it was May. Interestingly enough, it was in Tennessee. Hope that answers your question. Now, the person making reference to Penderer-in-Chief. The other one to Raphael Warnock. Saying he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> you think <laughs> oh my goodness so a little bit more about this pandering so here's first off joe biden talking about how he went to a black church every single day after mass i mean i, I don't believe a word of this this guy who is a confirmed plagiarizing person we know that to be the truth he's lied repeatedly now, also at this appearance, apparently, was Andy Young. Now, 
those of you familiar with Andrew Young, he's a legitimate civil rights leader with some real cred. Okay? I want you to understand that. He says, Andy, it's so great to see you. You're one of the greatest we've ever had. Andy and I took on apartheid in South Africa and a whole lot else. They didn't want to see him coming, but we used to. That's when we would organize to march and to desegregate the city. <laughs> I like how he's putting himself with Andy Young. During his 2020 presidential campaign, Biden frequently mentioned how he would help organize anti-segregation protests at Union Baptist Church, a prominent black church led by the late Otis Herring in Wilmington, Delaware. When I was a teenager in Delaware, for real, I got involved in the civil rights movement. This is what he said at Bethlehem Baptist Church, South Carolina, January 2020. I go to 8 o'clock Mass, then I go to Reverend Herring's church where we'd meet in order to organize and figure where we were going to go. Whether we were going to desegregate the Rialto movie theater or what we were going to do. While Richard Mouse Smith, the former president of the Delaware NAACP, defended Biden in a 2019 op-ed claiming, We know Joe is the ally who is there beside us to protest the Rialto Theater's discriminatory policy to segregate moviegoers based on race. His claim about attending Herring's church was disputed. Longtime congregants told the Washington Free Beacon at the time they didn't recall Biden attending the church. This revelation came about the same time Biden was forced to admit his repeated claims about being arrested with Young in apartheid-era South Africa were untrue. Young said at the time, I was never arrested. I don't think Biden was either. Biden goes on to say, I guess I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. <laughs> Do you see this guy's relationship with the truth? This guy's a lying Fill in the blank. Biden also acknowledged in the 80s, he was not a civil rights activist and never marched during the movement. During the 60s, I was in fact very concerned about the civil rights movement. Biden, who was running for president at the time, said during a 1987 speech, I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool on the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved in what they were thinking and what they were feeling. But I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. <laughs> Which one is it? Biden's speech Sunday at Ebenezer comes as he's embroiled in controversy over the alleged mishandling of documents. This guy is not honest at all. Not honest. So whatever statements he makes really about anything, you certainly need to take with a grain of salt because he has a very, very loose relationship with the truth. Isn't this crazy? And I want you to be aware of this because he's going to do a whole, whole lot of pandering. A lot of it. Boy, there's so much I was planning to get to today. Let me just give you a preview of what we're going to get to sometime during the course of this week. How about legislation to criminalize conspiracy to commit white supremacy? Yes, we have a member of Congress who has introduced such a bill. Reparations? We're going to delve into this. 
a reparations committee and the money they're talking about, this will blow your mind. Also, we're going to talk about air travel. We found out what's behind that FAA outage that happened last week. You know, it's it's really amazing to me. We've got people who are just, they think the solution to every problem is to throw money at it. I think it was Delta CEO was talking about how money needs to be poured into the FAA. No, this is not about that at all. It sounds to me like they need to do some vetting, better vetting of who they hire. Because it sounds like this was human error. We're going to talk about this and that crash in Nepal. Do you see this, this story? So tragic. We will delve into this as much as possible in tomorrow's broadcast. But I want to go right into this story about a bill criminalizing conspiracy to commit white supremacy. (laughs) Um, See if you can guess who introduced this. As I share with you the first part of the story written by Breitbart. So this bill has been introduced by this member of Congress criminalizing conspiracy to commit white supremacy, which includes criticism of non-white people, which influences an individual to commit a hate crime. Legislation H.R. 61 leading against white supremacy act of 2025, 2023, actually. It seeks to prevent and prosecute white supremacy-inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white supremacy-inspired hate crime. This was referred to the committee on the judiciary states someone engages in a white supremacy-inspired hate crime when white supremacy ideology has motivated the planning, development, preparation, or perpetration of actions that constituted a crime or were undertaken in furtherance of activity that, if effectuated, would have constituted a crime. (laughs) Beyond the stupidity of this, the language of this is something only Washington could ever come up with. I mean, would you write something so convoluted in your entire life? Accordingly, conspiracy to engage in white supremacy-inspired hate crime entails the publishing of material, advancing white supremacy, white supremacist ideology, antagonism based on replacement theory or hate speech that vilifies or is otherwise directed against any non-white person or group. Boy, do you see all the room there is to come up with false accusations with this? By the way... All offered to you by the wonderful Sheila Jackson Lee. Isn't that wonderful? Stay with us. You folks on the text line... You should be ashamed of yourselves. So Joe went to a black church frequently. How did his friend and mentor, Grand Cyclops, Senator Byrd, like that? Oh, boy. Joe here. I went to a black church so much, I grew an afro that year. My nickname was Shaft. No joke. True story. (laughs) That's pretty cool. 
Vince Biden was at that church. He was the creepy white kid sniffing the congregants. Come on, man. <laughs> that is so terrible. Vince, I think you should get the name Dishonest Joe. Think it would be a good title from now on. Oh, boy. Vince, you act like Biden's the only person that lies when we have the entire Democrat Party that's lied since Lincoln. All right. On this new legislation that is proposed, Jim out of Easley thought it might have been Cory Bush who proposed this, which it is not. Vince, couple that proposed white supremacy bill with critical race theory, which says all whites are guilty of white supremacy because they are white. And you've got a whole race of people who are guilty of a crime just because of the color of their skin. That's where this is going. You know that. That bill's the dumbest bill in history. So that bill would allow one race to be censored with prosecution and promote another race based on a false theory of propaganda from another stupid Democrat. Yeah, this is how it works, isn't it? So if I'm a white supervisor and complain or reprimand someone black at work for poor job performance, am I guilty of the crime, conspiracy to commit white supremacy, even if they weren't actually doing their job? Oh, goodness. You're really getting deep in the weeds here. <laughs> Folks, you know how this works, where so many minds are today. I mean, it's... It's really scary. It is. The nonsense that people have bought into. Um, there's no end to it. No end to it at all. All right. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. I'm trying to look at time here because some days we literally have to zip through this. How are you doing today, uh, Producer Chris? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, good. We have a total of 10 questions here. Eee, this could be tricky. 1773 is the year, and Captain James Cook did this. He was the first to cross this very cold part of the world. Uh, <laughs> you only got two choices there. Uh, I, I'm trying to think whether this is north or south. I know it's bad. Um that's one part of the globe I don't know. But uh, you want to guess which one? I'm going to guess the North Pole because Antarctica is the South Pole, and you would know that. You know, I'm going to give this to you. It was the Antarctic Circle. Oh, That's what he okay. crossed in 1773. So we'll give that one to you. Oh. 1893. We had... Um, um, this is not a good question to ask. It's American sugar planters... Um, overthrowing the Hawaiian Queen. That happened in 1893. Well, of 19 course, of course. Yeah, everybody would know the answer to that one. 1916, the most exciting sport in the world. I'm being facetious. Um, this, uh, the PGA was formed. What is the sport? Uh, it's uh, golf. Oh, gosh. Do you, you know like what? golf, by the way? I did. There's simply not enough hours in the week these days, uh, yeah, but I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it wears me out. I can't. It's certainly to watch it. Oh, just no chance. 1939, the political party in this country banned Jews for working as dentists, vets, and chemists. 
boy, this is a shocker. What country would possibly do this? I'm thinking it's Germany. It is Germany indeed. 1950, 11 Boston thieves pulled off this robbery. $2 million in cash, $29 million in today's money. What was the brand of the vehicle they robbed? That's a big hint right there. Uh, Wells Fargo uh, oh, truck. Oh, no. no. Train. Was it a train? It Brinks. Okay, okay. Brinks robbery is the, the name. Uh, a lot of people know this. This still is part of a discussion today, a concern about it. Which president in 1961 warned about the military-industrial complex? Uh, that was wasn't Kennedy, was it? No, it wasn't. The guy before it, it Kennedy. Was a, it was a military guy who was president, a uh, general who became president go, later. Come on, there's 30 seconds left in the show. Eisenhower. Get, there, we go, there we go. Eisenhower did it. 1966, NBC started the Monkees. Remember that? Gary Gilmore in 77, executed by firing squad. 94, we all know that. Paula Jones accusing Bill Clinton of sexual harassment, and a lot of people resent this happening. The L.A. Rams took off from L.A. and decided to move to the heart of the country, St. Louis. Isn't that wonderful? That's all the time. I cannot believe how quickly our time just evaporated today. You have the idea of what's coming up tomorrow. We've already previewed it. Lord willing, we're back tomorrow to talk about all these things. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.